explain our guy love that's all it is guy love he's mine i'm his there's nothing gay about it in our eyes you ask me about this thing we share and he tenderly replies it's guy love between Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Swans Big Footy Podcast. My name is Bonds. Joining me today we have Sir Swans. Hello. Von. Hello. And Milky. Hi guys. Now we're coming off a pretty interesting 16 point win over North Melbourne. It's always great to beat North Melbourne and I know one person likes beating North Melbourne probably more than all of us and that's Von. So take it away. I hate that stupid team and if I could have any win in the season outside of finals, it's against North Melbourne, because that team just absolutely shits me half to death. Um, but no, on to the actual game itself. I thought it was a really good game. Um, I know that that's probably going to be a little bit surprising, because a lot of people were unhappy with probably our inconsistency in the third and fourth quarters. But aside from that, I thought there were some pretty good uh, defensive efforts, especially our bottom six. Um Layla, Rampy, I know Rampy had that terrible turnover, but aside from that, I thought they had some pretty good games. Um, specifically, Tippett, he had a really good half as well, and Cunningham played probably the best game of his season. Pike got demolished, but I think we were all expecting that. The midfield lifted, and my man Luke was driving me crazy. <laughs> um, but no, yeah, it was just a really good win. I guess. What's first one? Your thoughts on the game? Yeah, well, firstly, Parker. I mean, that was a great game, and I thought Vaughn was going to have to knock one out at halftime, the way she was carrying on about his... I did. (laughs) 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 Yeah, because that was... Yeah, I must have made a mess. But he was playing... He played a great game. Um, Firstly, I guess, the opposition, Ferrito and Thompson... And nothing more than gutless fuck faces um, with their work on Franklin behind the ball all day. It's just pathetic. And seriously, people want to boo Adam Goods for whatever he supposedly does. But Brent Harvey's the biggest shit stain on this competition, in my opinion, that's ever existed. And the fact that he'll get to 400 games is yeah, it's a disgrace because he's the most gutless piece of shit I've ever seen play football. Um, then the umpires, they rode North home so much in that game and made it that goal. I mean, Ted marks it, call play on straight away, and they get a goal. That was ridiculous. That was the worst umpiring decision I've ever seen. Um, On to the, the Swans themselves, apart from Parker, I thought Hanover's courage to take that knock from Zebel, which was a little bit late, possibly, but I guess it's part of the game, and then get up and play on. That was, you know, that was excellent. Um, Tippett, very much an improved effort, which, and we could see how good we are when he is up and about. McVeigh, I thought his kicking was excellent, and he had good leadership all night. Jeddah um, continues to improve, and I think he's arguably having his best year. That kick into Laidler right on the boundary line, so precise. That was brilliant. Goods played another good game. Laidler does his job every every single week without fuss, and I think he's become an integral part of that back line. And then just a few little concerns. I guess Rampy still has those brain fades. Pike um, was basically a witch's hat against Goldstein for a lot of the night. Bar the second quarter, I thought he fought back a little bit. Um, Grundy's injuries a bit of a worry if he doesn't come, but he did come back on and um, Reece Shaw I mean fucking hell that was uh, I'm going to throw a brick through the TV if I have to watch him play one more week he is terrible but 
Overall, despite what some people think and what Darren Crocker thinks, I was actually happy that we were a class above North all night, and I'm very happy with what we did. But dude, this fucking chair's uncomfortable. <laughs> worst, worst chair I've ever sat on. Can you believe Crocker? Crocker comes out in his presser and says we shot ourselves in the foot. Like, at what point do you shoot yourselves in the foot if you were not leading for any part of the match? I and think they shot ourselves in the foot when they recruited Jared White from Carlton. I don't know what North were thinking in that off season. Like, at like, how mentally damaged do you have to be to legitimately think that a team with that list is a finals chance? Sorry, a premiership chance next year. Like, Von, 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 we're talking about North here. How mentally damaged do you have to be? It's North Melbourne. Even then, it's uh, I don't even know. They had a I, soft, nothing to say about. A, a, kind of a soft draw last year, and their run in the final series was an absolute gift. Their run was ridiculous. I could have made the grand final with the run they had. But you had to get through the Swans prelim final though. They weren't bad last year, but no, they, they why, why would you go let your second best and fairest player go so you can get Higgins and Wait? Well, that's ridiculous. Greenwood is one of the players they need. And they've got Higgins, who's body suspect, and his goal kicking under pressure was pathetic last night. And White has never been a player who can play four quarters of football in any game. He's just a one good mark, and that was about it for the entire game. Yeah. That fits in well with North, though, isn't it? A team that can't play four consistent quarters. Mm. Yeah. I mean, it's Goldstein, Zeebel, and a bunch of spuds led by Harvey, the biggest downhill skier. Uh, anyway, don't get me started. <laughs> no, it's a very... Interesting game at times, like on the weekend, especially just. Did you, any of you guys feel as if, especially early on in the match, we were moving the ball a lot better than we have been in previous weeks? Because yeah. me and Milky were at the game watching it, and our movement off the ball and on the ball seems like it had gone up another couple of levels compared to recent times. So I don't know if it was because we were just watching it at the ground, but. When we had a couple of um, stages of play where I honestly felt that no team in the competition would have been able to stop us at points in that game. We just weren't consistent. Uh, that time it was like Jetta was kicking in absolute slow motion. Like everyone around him had just frozen and he was just, his kicking was amazing to actually watch live. You got a real appreciation for how good he is of a kick. Yeah, and um, what did you guys actually think of Jetta's game on TV? Vaughn? Yes. Were you listening then? His game yeah. on TV was was good. It, was it good live? Oh, it was in, great. It was incredible. <laughs> great like, life. Oh, how do I say? I didn't know if you could just like really see just like watching on TV because I whilst I thought Jeter had been good at times this year, like very good. He's probably having his best season. Hmm. Um, watching him live at the ground the other day, like some of his kicks under pressure or how he changes and finds someone in the corridor, they're really, it just seemed like it was a lot more impressive live to me. And I didn't know if it was just because he had that much of a better game or whether it's just one of those things you only notice when live, like how much you run off the ball and everything. No, it was good. Lo- it was good on TV. It was good on replay. It'll probably be good in a week too. Watch it again. <laughs> Another thing I really like about Jed, I'm not sure if it's a direct response to the grand final, but he's been really in the faces of our opponents this year. Like I've never really remembered him as being a player who kind of pushes and shoves a bit, but 
This year he definitely has been. And I don't know if that's from the grand final, but the whole team as well. They've just been, I don't know if they're copping a bit of sledging because of that grand final, but they just seem to, I don't know, they seem to have each other's backs. If someone pushes you around, you just know someone's going to come over. And that's something that, it's a camaraderie that I really like. No, um, you're definitely onto something there. Like our defensive pressure all year has been fantastic. You can't really fault it. Like there was a couple of stages like last night where within a couple of minutes we'd be having two or three smothers, sometimes repeat efforts within a couple of seconds. And it's really encouraging to actually watch us put our head over the ball so much at the moment. It's pretty relentless and it's good to watch. And that's led by the fact that the most highest paid player, but he works down the ground and he busts in at every opportunity. I mean, there was late, I think it was in the fourth quarter, he was in the back line applying some excellent tackles that he didn't get rewarded for, funnily enough, by the umpire. But I think when one of your big leaders up forward is willing to push all the way down the ground and do that, you know, we're talking 100-metre runs to get there, I think that sets a standard for the rest of the, the boys to follow, which has been excellent, especially the last month or so. It's. I, I'm going to sound like a bit like a broken record here, but just how good is Franklin at the moment? I mean, his game last night, 16 disposals, four goals straight, including that floater from 55 metres out to pretty much ice the game. Um, four goals, eight inside 50s and six tackles. Like, he, there's nothing he can't do. And it's fantastic watching him. It just seems to be every time he's around the ball, you feel as if something can happen. I think that he is better at Sydney than he was at Hawthorne. Big call, I know, with his 100-goal season, but I think he's a better player. He's a more complete player. Maybe I'm biased, but he just, like you said, his tackling pressure is invaluable, and he lifts the team. And uh, you know what? Our team is such bad kicks. So when a player of Buddy's calibre lines it up from 60, you just know it's going to go in, and that's... Like, I saw a comment on the board actually saying how you don't fully appreciate Buddy until he's playing for your team, and that's so true. Yeah, I have to agree there. His work around the around the, the entire ground is fantastic. Six tackles from a centre-half forward, you'd take that so many times. Fantastic he, player. He doesn't just tackle. He smashes the shit out of the way he's tackling. Like oh, he's yeah. bone crack. They're not just soft little pussy tackles. They're really, you know, they're good. I've been watching a bit more of the other teams play closely lately, and I think the we we always sort of talk about our kicking being poor, which which it is in patches. But I think the general standard in the AFL actually is pretty poor at the moment. People are just about every team is bombing it long, and got even Hawthorne in patches. And I actually think our kicking comparatively is not as bad as we think. If you watch other sides, I think it's just a general decline in the kicking quality of the competition but that's just my opinion i actually think the incline in the kicking within the competition has actually been due to recently the amount of defensive pressure other teams are applying like it was always going to be if you watch football from maybe three four years ago there was a lot less defensive pressure on the ball compared to now so it was always going to be a bit of a decline in kicking if you've got people harassing you non-stop I think it's the pace of the game too, because I was watching the replay of the 2006 grand final, only for a little bit, and it was just a lot of hit-up targets, like very precise kicking, because each the Swans especially weren't willing to kick to a contest, so they were just going around and around, and it was just hitting everything lace out. I mean, I know it was the grand final, and they were in a bit of form by then, but 
sides seem to be just want to move the ball propeller as quickly as possible now. And that probably actually plays into our hands a little bit this year in terms of getting to a, a premiership potentially. As I said, in 2006, the whole league disposal um, effect, efficiency was at 77.8%, and this year currently it's down to 72.5%. So diff- very much a different game than it was nine years ago. I think in the second quarter, particularly where we really dominated, one thing that really stood out to me was, um, aside from this one short kick, um, our team was a lot more willing to hold the ball and and maybe switch it to the other side to prevent North getting the possession because I know they had the loose man in the back line and that really forced us to think about where we were kicking it and as a result, I don't know if the statistics back this up, but just purely watching it, it felt like our entries had a lot more direction and obviously that changed when they took the loose man out and we just kept went back to bombing it. But um, yeah, it's, it's heartening to see that in patches, when we have momentum, we can capitalise and we can hit up targets for a few minutes a match. That second quarter was the quarter too where Tippett was at his best and that's when the forward line functioned the best as well because the midfielders seemed more confident they had a target to kick to. Then the kicky to him was a little bit better than normal, which was nice. Kind of fell away in the third and the fourth though. I think I remember at least two or three times we kicked to Tippett and he had three North defenders all around him. I thought Tippett had to go carry the ruck a little bit late too, though. I think he played Goldstein better than Pike, so that didn't help. Yeah, Goldstein just destroyed us. Just shows the quality, like the importance of a good quality ruckman that we've lacked since Mumford left. Yes, Pike was good in 2012, but he is a much better second ruckman than a main ruckman, which I'm hoping doesn't, you know, cost us later in the year. How much of the Ruck contest, do we think, was down to Goldstein being one of the best ruckmen versus Pikes playing a poor game? Because I thought his first quarter especially, was he wasn't doing anything, whereas the second quarter he did make some adjustments and show what he could do. But I thought overall his, his impact on the game was pretty lousy in, in patches, Pike. Uh, I think Pike had a shocker and Goldstein had a very, very good game. Like Goldstein's an incredible ruckman. He can do damage around the ground. He can... His hit-outs to advantage the other night were amazing. He just really dominated us in the ruck, no matter who was against him, whether it be Pike or Tippett. Tippett, I felt as if, was a bit more competitive in patches and could perhaps negated Goldstein's influence around the ground at times. But I really hope that it wasn't due to just Goldstein being a premier ruckman that Pike was so poor. Because if it was, I'm really worried if we have to face Fremantle in the finals with Sander Lance. That said, we've been saying for about three weeks now that Pike is due for a rest. So hopefully he'll rest up good this over the bye and be back better for the second half of the season. I think it's pretty obvious that we're not going to be resting or, or managing Pike at all. If we had a, I mean, if we were going to rest him at any point, you'd think it'd be in an easy patch with Colton and Gold Coast, and yeah. we haven't elected to. So it's pretty safe to say, barring injury, um, we'll see him play out the rest of the year, which, I don't know, maybe he'll get better as it goes on, but I highly doubt that. And you're right, Bonds. Like, the thought of Pike coming up against Sanderlands in the grand final is just nightmare-inducing. Well, it's not just Sandilands. If you look at the current top eight, he's got a, you know, maybe Sandilands, maybe a Natanui jumping all over him. Um, Jacobs, if Adelaide's staying there, Hale, McAvoy. But it, it's a, a, it's probably our biggest area of concern. And I know there's one poster on our board thinks he's 
untouchable, but, you know, I think I'd like to see someone else occasionally have a go in the ruck just to see what's out there because I'm not sure he's offering that much more than even Derek's at times. <laughs> I would like to see Nana or um, Naismith, at least Naismith, get another shot, but I think he's been injured the past couple of weeks. He's just got to keep body on his opponent. He let Goldstein was loose so often last night. It didn't help we hit him lace out on his own a couple of times for marks. I don't know how you can pick out the tallest player in the opposition on his own, but, yeah, I mean, where was Pike then? It was maybe it was easier to see the ground, but it just seemed like Goldstein was doing what he wanted too often for my liking. It seemed like at times Goldstein was just running Pike off his feet. Like, he couldn't really... Pike couldn't physically keep up with him. And that really, really, con- like, concerned me. Well, we've got marriage in two weeks, so it's another big test for Pike. So we'll see what happens. But, yeah, I think it's the biggest area concern in the team, bar Grundy's injury, which I presume is nothing if he came back on. Yeah, I don't think there'll be too many issues with Grundy, hopefully. Could always play Brandon Jack when Grundy goes out again. That'd be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I did it last time when Grundy went down with a, um injury before the game. We put Brandon Jack in. Well, that being said, like, I wouldn't mind. I know North, I'm surprised we didn't play him down there a bit more regularly um, the other night, but Reed's really impressed me in defense recently. So hopefully we get a bit more opportunity to see him down in defense over the rest of the year. was a bit sad not to see Reed play one-on-one with weight. They had one contest. Was it what, one? What about the um, Rowan subbing off again with cramp again? Is there any sort of anyone concerned about that? The ability to run out games for for him because I when he's up and about, I think he has a good impact on the side. They he gives away a few free kicks last night, but I thought his first half was very good. I I'm not too concerned about that. Um, if you like watching Rowan actually at the ground the other night, he was running around like a headless chook after time. <laughs> Basically, every time a North player had, he was running at them, whether they be 50 metres or 100 metres away. It, it, I don't think it's an endurance issue for him. I think it's just he needs to learn how to manage himself a little bit better. Like, if you're going to be running after every single contest in a game, you're going to be cooked. There's no to, doubt about it. Have to get him to the hospital on an IV drip like Della Vadova. <laughs> yeah, we probably will. He had a really good game, though. Um, he's took some really strong marks, and he actually took the marks and didn't drop them as he had in the last few weeks, which is something I've complained about. He led well across the ground, made options, so that probably contributed to his early subbing too. He got two goals, which we can't forget, which is you know, re- yeah. which is really good for for him that his goal kicking's up there. And Azebel's um, request not to boo goods. Didn't work, but I have to say, from one small point of view, it's quite handy if you are a bit distracted. You hear the boot, you know, Goods has got a possession. So, you know, <laughs> thank thank you for the opposition fans for making life a little bit easier, I guess. But he his felt his form's lifting progressively the more he's booed. So keep it up because he's having his best patch of the year at the moment. I really want to also give a um, shout out to and if any of the Swans cheer squad are listening, like your cheers the other night every time Goods touched a ball with. It's fantastic. You've actually gotten a bit of positive media about it as well through um, the Age, Herald, Sun, Sportal, and the AFL website. And it was really good to see, like, the standing ovation. Like, everyone just stood for him and went nuts. And that was fantastic. Like, that's the best way to deal with it, I reckon. 
Well done, Well, I feel a bit hard done by. I was definitely standing up in my living room and I didn't get mentioned on Sportal or any of these websites. But just on good well time, I do wonder, though, if if all of this media attention maybe like I know it's a disrespect uh, by the general public, I do wonder if it's maybe creeped a bit into the football world and I just have no other reason to explain why you don't man up a Brownlow medalist in the third quarter. So I'm starting to wonder if maybe opposition players potentially are thinking that he's declined. And if they do, I mean, that's great for us. Well, he has declined. I mean, if you're going to man up, you're going to go buddy. He has, but it's not to the point where you don't man him up. Yeah, but you're coaching North Melbourne. What do you do? (laughs) No, and that's also one other thing about Goods is whilst he doesn't quite have the agility he used to have or power and speed, He's still got a fabulous football mind and he's very good at losing his opponent in traffic. So a lot of time he's going up the field, running into congestion and then running back and he's lost his opponent and would appear to be by himself somewhere in the forward line. Yeah, his work in forward 50 stoppages is amazing. I still don't think he should play next year though. Agreed. Uh, I wouldn't be planning on him playing next year. No. It's not really time to worry about Fuck this chair, shit. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Getting a numb ass. Um, Kennedy um, isn't quite himself. And I know he's not playing poorly, but... Smooth. Yeah. Smooth transition. I'll ask this to Kennedy. Um, yeah, I just... He's not quite breaking those tackles like he used to a bit, and his efficiency is a bit... I can't even put my finger on it. I just he's not standing out as much as normal. Or... I think it's because our other midfielders have have, ta- have been so good. Yeah, so it's probably a good thing, really. But I know what you mean, though. Like I've mentioned multiple times, his field kicking has been more atrocious than it has recently. Maybe he's not getting enough sleep as a new father, or something like that. <laughs> Maybe. And I think we've run through every player just about, but I think... Well, there was oh, one more player I did want to... Two players I really did want to talk about. Let me about, guess. Like. One of them is Shaw? No, um, I think we've had enough serving Shaw this year. The, <laughs> the less said about him, the better. I'm not going to jinx him so he stays in this team any further. I still agree that the quote you did at the ground was <laughs> absolutely amazing. Sounds like you guys have a bit of a bromance going uh, on. Do you guys have a couple name? Basically, the moment before um, Shaw got absolutely, <laughs> but it became and, um, during their headlights. As soon as I think it was McVeigh who was passing the ball, I'm just like, "Don't pass it to Shaw! Don't pass it to Shaw! Don't pass it to Shaw!" He kicks it short. Fuck! He's gonna get caught here straight away. Yeah. And Milky's just basically nearly pissing himself with laughter yeah. besides it. Was, this. It was gold. Sounds like a cute date. Oh, it's an amazing date. Yeah. Robbie was Seriously. the awkward third wheel. Very awkward third wheel, I may add as well. Yeah. In Ooh. the um, big footy thread, you know, honesty, like Vaughn was very vocal up to half time and then getting very, very excited. <laughs> then you disappeared for the, the third quarter. What, what, what were you doing? Do you really want to know? <laughs> Oh, I, think, I, think I was having look. a cold shower. <laughs> <laughs> um, in all seriousness, no, besides 
besides talking about Good Luking's incredible hotness, um, which if we do open up that can of worms, we will be here all night. Um, one player I did want to talk about, and I know he had one incredible fuck up near the square. Um, Dane Rampy, though, besides his one clanger that he gets every single week, I felt as if his game on Saturday night was amazing. Like his amazing. pressure act. Sorry. Amazing. That's a that's a big call. I he think it was his best game all year. Like his pressure off the ball, some of his smothers and spoils. He took fourteen marks on the weekend. A couple of them contested, and yeah, he had a really, really, really couple of bad clangers. But in general, his rebound wasn't too bad, and. He did a really good job when defending the ball. Like, he really stood out to me. And I honestly would have given him votes on the weekend. I know that'll get a lot of ire from our board, but... No, I mean, Matthew Lloyd put him in his All-Australian team today, but I thought he... I think his defensive work's very good. Um, And his runoff halfback is excellent. I just think his clangers are just weird because he hits people lace out from the other team. They're actually really nice kicks, but they're straight to the opposition. it's just frustrating, but he did at least three or four of them last night from memory. Oh, that's cool. He had four clangers from 26 disposals. Yeah, see, I don't even need the stat sheet. I just know that. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's no question for mine on his spot when some people go on about it. But, um, yeah, I've lost my place because Von distracted me. Sorry. It's all right. And, um, I might yep. have a shower. <laughs> <laughs> The other player who I really wanted to talk about, and his last quarter in particular, Jeremy Layla this year has been, and Sir Swans touched on it earlier, but he has been incredible like this year and has been improving week by week to the point where he'd almost right now be the, behind Grundy would almost be our first selected defender. He just does his job week in, week out. He's versatile. He's got a great kick on him. Like, I, I can't understand why we didn't play him more last year. I know he's a little bit suspect with his speed sometimes. He's probably close to being the slowest player on our list, but he reads the ball so well mid-air. Like, I can't really fault his year so far. You know what Layla really reminds me about? Like, I I don't know if maybe this is drawing a false comparison, but um, I feel like maybe uh, even a few years ago, a lot of our players weren't really known for their talent or their skills. They were just known for their hardness and their attack on the footy. Um, like, for example, like for, I don't know why, but Laidlaw kind of reminds me of Paul Bevan in that obviously he has a lot more skill, but he just absolutely attacks every single football, puts his body on the line, and that's something that you know all of our midfielders do it, but they're not really recognised for that. Like when you talk about Hanabry, when you talk about Luke, you know that these are courageous players, but you think about them for their skill and and their disposals and their decision making. You don't think about them just as their courageousness or their toughness, which is something that Laidler is thought about. I think he got dropped last year as a scapegoat for the Hawthorne loss in round eighteen, I believe it was. And I don't think he got a game again after that, but this year he's absolutely cemented his spot inside. A shizzle. <laughs> Sorry, I just been a while since I talked, and I didn't know what you were talking about. <laughs> I I got a question for you all. What's your favourite um, colour? <laughs> orange. But moving on. Why? Is this the material you and uh, Bonds used on your date last night? 
No. There, there um, wasn't really much spoken between us. It was a purely physical date. That they, is gross. They wore the same out. <laughs> anyway, yeah. so we got good chance we'll have Heaney and McGlynn back next next game after the bye. I'm thinking most of us agree Robinson will probably go out. Who else goes out and who do we sub? Ask this every week. <laughs> Look, I, I think we'll probably bring in McGlynn. I can't see it. He was in decent form before he got injured again. I think we'll probably bring Heaney back through the reserves. As Agreed. As, as amazing as his holiness, godness, sexiness, as, you know, it's Heaney. We're all horny for him. Um, <laughs> is, like, we can't be too cruel against Richmond and play Heaney on top of everyone else in this team. Well, we it do. Uh, we fair. should try to develop the Neeful, and that would be the biggest fillip for that competition to have Heaney stroll out for a game. Like, get along. I think that that would be great for a boost. So, yeah, I would honestly play Heaney in the reserves because he's been out for so long, and McGlynn would come straight back in for Robinson. And I'll really give the boys in the reserves a real like step up in class to go out on the field with a. Absolute future legend in the game, Heaney. It's an amazing experience for anybody. I think Cunningham might make way. Really? Um, which is probably a bit unfair because he just came off the best game of the year for his standards. Best game of his career. Career is probably stretching it. Name one game he's had better. He kicked oh. four goals against the uh, Gold Coast last year, I believe. That yeah, one. <laughs> but he didn't get a lot of the ball against Gold Coast. His disposal around the ground like, on Saturday night was amazing. He was instrumental towards our victory. Amazing. Oh, instrumental is probably a bit too strong <laughs> yeah. for me. He had to going to run out of votes, Bonds. <laughs> Everyone was amazed. It was a 22-vote game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Cunningham is in McGlynn's spot, so pick Cunningham or McGlynn if McGlynn's fully fit to go. Which one do you want, Bonds? If we're going off Saturday night's game, I'd probably pick Cunningham. But what if we're going off not just Saturday night game, like the like going into the grand <laughs> going into the grand final? Pretend we're playing our grand final next week. Oh, then we drop Shaw. We play Cunningham in the back line and McGlynn. <laughs> <laughs> No, you can't. Okay, the rules of this game is you can't drop Shaw. <laughs> oh, no. But then it's we're not going to have a positive result. It's Shaw. We're not. You know what? We cannot drop Shaw. If we drop Shaw, we're going to have nothing to talk about on this podcast. We we cop a lot of heat on Twitter for bagging Shaw. Or by a lot, I mean one tweet. But that's <laughs> that's only seventy five percent of the tweets about the show. <laughs> 75%. Where's the other quarter? <laughs> it's ridiculous because everyone thinks I hate Shaw as well, but I actually think that he's – I actually think he deserves his spot in the team. Explain. Okay. Um, I don't think that – okay, you can easily talk about dropping a player, right? And I, I will concede that Shaw hasn't set the world on fire. I will concede that, and he has had better years for sure. <laughs> Get it? For sure. But – I don't think a player can come back in through the reserves and provide what he provides. He, I know he has brain farts. I know he gives away free kicks. And the thing uh, is, um, he plays in the back line. His mistakes are going to be much more costly. We're going to remember the freeze he gives away more than like the two holding a ball ones against Buddy. And, I mean, it's not really fair, but, I mean, that's just how AFL is. He had one really, really bad kick and all of that stuff. But so did Cunningham in the fourth as well straight to north, which set up one of their shots on goal. So it's 
I don't know, like he's had that for his whole entire career. It seems a bit easy to just start tight, tight, targeting him for that now. I buddy had the... Sorry, I'll go because I'm better. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, OJ. Um, buddy did have the two turnovers, but he kicked five goals, had the marks and created play. Um, Cunningham still had 21 other disposals apart from the clanger. Shaw did bugger all else apart from concede goals. Shaw, Shaw had, Shaw had really 12 one. disposals, only three of which directly hit a target, and then none of those were over 30 metres. He, he had four direct Nars. clangers, and the rest were kicked to contests. He gave away three free kicks. What does he provide? And no goal assists. What okay, the... well then tell me this. And, and, and like, for someone playing in defence, only... Who is a half-back half flanker that can provide run and do what he does? Do what Shaw does, anyone, because he doesn't yeah. do anything. <laughs> no, I don't believe point. that. I don't, uh, I don't believe that at all. I have to agree with Vaughn on this one. I think the reason why we're so very much hard on him is because we've just lost Belcheski and Shaw has somewhat done Belcheski's job, and last year Belcheski had an All-Australian year, so I think we've been blessed in the sense that we've just seen an All Australian role, an All Australian player in that role. Now Shaw isn't up to the same standard as Melcheski was. Excuse me. Shaw and isn't even up to Neefel's standard. Neefel reserves standard. Yeah, Shaw doesn't. Shaw plays the same role Shaw played last year, which was shit. He doesn't <laughs> do anything. Like pick 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 anyone from the reserves, line them up, and. Put a blindfold on and just point to one of them and go, you're in. Because they'll give you as much as he is. Sure, could, so. sure couldn't one. get. At, at times, yes. But overall and structurally, I think he, I think he fits. Okay. Well, he's fighting. The, I think you're just annoyed that Reed's doing a good job and he needs someone else to pick on. <laughs> okay. Uh, right now, job. and this is how I'd summarize Shaw. When I was in the under-14s at Hampton yeah, Rovers, we had a year where we didn't bug. win a single game. Shaw has struggled to get a game in that team right now. In the under-14s, 2005 Hampton Rovers team. It was shit. He'd have to travel back in time, which um, might yeah. just be a bit beyond him. And he couldn't well, even do that. You yes, <laughs> thank you. Sure, um, yeah, not setting the world on fire. Yeah. Let's just agree to disagree. He couldn't even light a birthday candle. That's how little he sets the world on fire. How long have you been holding on to that one for? You're <laughs> talking over me. <laughs> I'll in all honesty, who I'd in all honesty, <laughs> who I'd actually play in his role, I would have no objectifications to try and cunning him down back. He's got decent disposal. He can put on defensive pressure. He's done tagging roles before, so he could probably play as a back pocket player. He'd be able to give us run out of defense with his speed, and isn't overawed in a one on one tu- oh, in a one on one contest. He's overawed a bit. Look, to be actually sensible about Shaw for a moment, the, the only argument that bothers me is that he stays in because, oh, well, he provides the structure and you couldn't possibly try a kid in his spot. I just don't buy that, I think. I mean, eventually we've got to try someone there. So he's, either, he in, he's either in form or he isn't. And he actually had a bit of form leading up to this game. So rightly or wrongly, even though he was rubbish against North, he should keep his spot for the time being. But if he's out of form, he goes. And he shouldn't stay just because it's like, well, who else do you bring in? Just try anyone. Because, I mean, when people like Alex Johnson got their first game, it was a bit like, well, where'd that come from? And then they perform. Rampy. He performed. You've got to give the kids a go eventually. So pick the players who are in form. That's all I ask for. Who in the kneeful is in form in that role, in, in that position? 
I, I genuine question. I I don't really follow the reserves that hard. It depends what position you think Shaw's playing. You think he's playing in Malchewski's spot, and I think that McVeigh and Jetta take over Malchewski's spot. I think Shaw's doing what he did last year, which is just a, a weird sort of ad hoc leadership, in inverted commas, role down there and with minimal <laughs> possession. So I'm not sure. I'd, I'd rather sure. Yeah. I think um, I think Zach Jones, when he played seniors last year, showed potentially a hard little nut that could crack in. But I don't know what his form is like. We don't get to see the knee. I don't enough. have That's an issue with I don't have an issue with Zach Jones coming in, but he's injured. So it's yeah. like Zach Jones aside, like you maybe would... you could make an argument for cutting him potentially because he did play that role uh, last year, and he I I personally think he did a pretty good job last year as well. I wouldn't have an issue with that, but. Um, maybe that's something we might think about trying when um, McBabe and also uh, Heaney comes back. Maybe we take Shaw out if he is underperforming and have Cunningham take over that role. Yep. So that's not an option. But I wouldn't be dropping Shaw for the next game. I think the next game is one of our most important games for the, the year. Bye. The next game, I said, not next week. <laughs> Smart ass. Um, <laughs> our next game in two weeks against Richmond on a fucking Thursday. Um, I think that's. They've won 15 of the last 20 games they've played, beaten us three of the last five. They're going to be tough to beat. Don't underestimate them. Don't you dare. <laughs> Depends which one turns up. I know they beat Fremantle last week, but they also lost to Melbourne. I don't know. They're, they're all over the place. Does anyone know where Marsh played on the weekend in the reserves? He's been named in our bests and... He was recruited as a defender, but I know he was getting built up as a midfielder. I was just curious if anyone knew. Welcome to five minutes ago, our conversation. Yeah. Where's Grimlock when you need him? We do need Grimlock on this podcast again. Anyways, guys, thanks for listening tonight, and uh, go to Swans. Thanks. Bye. Yeah.